there needs to be a much deeper rooted set of beliefs that come through in how you build your brand in order to become category of one. And I get the question every day of the week, how do I acquire more affluent buyers? How do I get better caliber clients? How do I, you know, stand out in the market? And these three questions I get over and over again. And that's really, the book is helping people to understand, again, there is like a depth Mm. of anchoring in to who you actually are and what you truly believe versus doing what you think you're supposed to do or what you see other people doing. There's a difference between trying to grow your business from the outside in versus the inside out. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Good Life Coach Podcast. This is your host, Michelle Lamoureux, and today we are talking about conviction marketing in order to understand how to stand out from the crowd, how to be in a category of one. Joining us to have this really empowering conversation for any service-based business is business strategist, Kelly Roach, who actually was on the show last year talking about how to become unstoppable. And she's in fact the CEO of a multi-million dollar company called Unstoppable Entrepreneur, which is the fastest growing coaching program on the market. Now, Kelly transforms overworked entrepreneurs into seven-figure CEOs by teaching them how to leverage timeless business principles employed by billion-dollar companies with the speed and agility of the most powerful online marketing strategies of today. I loved last year's interview with Kelly, and I feel the same about today. In both interviews, she just delivers so much tactical yet easy to implement tips on how to stand out and really how to get connected to you and what makes you unique as part of that strategy. I think you're going to love this conversation. If you are a service-based entrepreneur, this interview is for you and feel free to share it with anyone who you know would benefit from today's conversation. All of the show notes can be found at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 131. And I will link the very first interview I did with Kelly in the show notes so that you can benefit from not just today's interview, but from the very first one that we did. And on that note, let's dive into today's interview with Kelly. Here we go. Hey, Kelly, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you back. Actually, your story was so good, and I'll link in the show notes the very first interview. But in your words, how would you describe what you do and who you serve? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I am a business growth strategist. And really what I do is I help entrepreneurs create generational wealth and family first freedom in their businesses. So, you know, I help people springboard from zero to six to seven figures and beyond in their businesses. And my goal and my mission is to really help people to experience the true benefits of entrepreneurship which don't just come from client acquisition or launching or, you know, getting a lot of revenue in the door, but implementing systems, building a winning team, creating a sustainable company so that that business can run with or without you, which allows you to kind of have those full circle moments. You know, I just got back from a month of travel with my family and it's because of those things, systems, infrastructure, people, right? And and so I think that's a lot of what's lost in the entrepreneurial space that I'm trying to teach to our clients and then hopefully that will continue to trickle outward. Totally. And I think, you know, if people go back and listen to the first interview, they'll hear that freedom is so important to you and you want to help pass that along to other entrepreneurs. So you can take, did you say a month off? You took a month? That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, I think we're a lot of women in my audience is all women. I, you may serve men and women and you can talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, they lose their authentic voice even, you know, they may just be starting, they may have been at it, and then they like start looking around too much. Yes. And they aren't standing out. They want to be thought leaders. They want to be seen as, you know, somebody unique and the go-to person. Um, but the story gets clouded. Why do you think, in your opinion, because you've been working with people for so long now, why does this happen? Yeah, I mean, listen. I think that when people are starting out, you know, they're always looking out of fear for a proven and certain path to success. And fortunately, it doesn't work that way. For example, you know, someone can steal my content and they can use my quotes and they can dress how I dress and they can, you know, put out an image that looks like my image. But what works for me isn't going to work for them because I am who I am. And that is it's, it's innate. You know, it, it, there's so much more to those tangible things. There's the intangibles, right? And I think that in the beginning stages, you know, so many women want to make sure that they're accepted or have a certain path to success or, you know, whatever the case. And I think the really important thing to remember is that the things that uniquely define you as being you yeah. are your biggest catalyst for success. So when you're leaning too much on a certain pathway to success that someone else's, it's not going to work for you. Yeah. And it's it's why so many of these cookie cutter strategies that high level influencers teach mass market don't end up working because if an entrepreneur doesn't put their authentic story and self and history and experience into what they're doing, it doesn't translate in the market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just remembering that. Yeah. You said something interesting. Your unique, your, what's unique to you is your path to success. Yes. And it's so true. And why somebody got motivated to start in the first place, oftentimes they can kind of forget and just, you know, get into these programs, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And, and we have to remember that, you know, when you think of this idea of category of one, it's, it's, Part of that is being the best in the world at what you do. And you can be the best in the world at what you do on a very small scale, 
or you can do that on a very large scale. So your size of business doesn't determine your ability to impact, number one. And, you know, when you think of category of one, there has to be defining parameters of who you are, how you serve, what makes your approach unique, and, and what is so, again, unique to you that differentiates who it's for, right? And, and the why behind who you're trying to help. So there's all these different elements. And I think so many times people get so stuck on this and they're working so hard to stand out or to figure out their unique differentiators. And it's, it's so interesting to me because it's not something that you can create from the outside. It is literally, what is your story? Who are you? What has your journey defined as these unique set of experiences? that have prepared you to lead in a very specific way. And I think people are always looking for like something outside of themselves. And I'm like, no, it's inside of you. It's literally who you are. And the number one thing I see, especially in women entrepreneurs, is that they discount their past experience. And that is the biggest mistake you can make in entrepreneurship. Your past experience, it does not matter if you were physically doing a job or a career that was different from what you're doing as an entrepreneur. Those past experiences are the nuances to you and to your brand that do differentiate and do attract your ideal client. And so many times I see women either not talking about their past experience at all or discounting it. And I think that's the biggest mistake. I know for me, I, I, first of all, lean on and use my experience as a Fortune 500 executive every day. And I talk about it every day because it brings such a unique caliber of experience and expertise to what I do. But I also talk about being an NFL cheerleader. I also talk about being from a family of five and, you know, being on the free lunch line, right? I talk about those things that are my story and who I am because those are the connection points that the market then begins to know you as a person and begins to associate and decide, yeah, you know what? I want to work with Michelle instead of Amber because these unique connection points add up for them. And if you block people from knowing and understanding those things about you, it's very hard for them to connect with you on a deeper level, which prevents them from buying from you. Completely. I love what you're saying so much. And it should be encouraging to somebody to think like, my story is really, you know, it's unique to you and nobody can tell that. And you don't have to look outside of yourself, but what are some of the either questions or, you know, what can a woman do to get clearer about that and start owning it? Because like you said, people will discount their successes. They won't even mention them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it, I think for starters, asking yourself, what are some of the hurdles that you've overcome and obstacles that you've successfully overcome in your life? I think that's always a great starting point because the hero's journey is as old as dirt, right? And it's still still how great movies are made and, and, and great success stories are created. So what are the hurdles that you've overcome? What are the obstacles that you've been able to beat? You know, what are the circumstances that could have handicapped you and held you back, but instead you were able to push through? You always start there. And and then you move on to in what ways do you have a unique skill set or a unique leadership uh, story? Or, you know, what is it that you've done to serve others, to make an impact on people's lives? 
And if you don't know that for yourself, go to some of the people that you've worked with or some of the people that have been on your team or, you know, past bosses that you've had and ask them, you know, because they will be able to tell you those stories about you that maybe you think are insignificant, but really are very meaningful as it relates to your potential future client. Yeah, it's so important. Women do undervalue themselves, unfortunately. Not everyone, but most of the times, you know, they discount or the things that are what makes them unique or sets them apart, they take for granted because it comes so easy to them. So how does somebody start to be in that category of one? How do you begin to actually, so you start getting clear about your story. How do you get out there? How do you actually start then separating from all of the noise? Yeah. Well, you know, of course, for me, I always say the live launch method because it is it is simultaneously building a global brand while acquiring enough customers for you to go in a scaled up fashion mass market, even if it's in a super customized way. So the the way that myself and hundreds of my clients are creating that niche in our own lane as category of one is using the live launch method. And the live launch method does a couple really unique things. Obviously, one of them is it creates a reputation that precedes you. You know, we have people coming to us every day of the week, 365 days a year saying, so-and-so told me that I need to come be here with you. Mm -hmm. You know, they told me I need the live launch. They told me I need the unstoppable entrepreneur. They told me I need to be in Kelly Roach's world because what you do is so special and the experience that you create and the value that you create for people is unlike anything else they've ever experienced. Now, the value of you saying that for yourself versus the value of someone else saying that about you. Totally. That's raving fans now. That's incomparable, right? We can scream from our podium all day long and say, we're the best, we're the best, we're the best. But when we catapult to really being seen as the best is when everyone else is screaming from the podium, no, you're the best, you know, you need to go to this person. So I think building a reputation that precedes you over delivering, you know, I I always say going the extra mile, it's, it's practically empty, right? Consistency and frequency is everything, right? You know, people ask me a lot, like we launch very frequently. That's extremely intentional because- Not only is that building our global brand and scaling our business, but most importantly, it's the consistency and frequency of our message to market. Our market is crystal clear about who we are, how we help people, and the results that our clients get. And that consistency and frequency is how you build brand. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you want your brand to be super niche, one-to-one, high-ticket consulting, where you know, superstars, celebrities, athletes, and presidents are coming to you for your services, or whether you want to build this, you know, massive empire, big or small doesn't matter, but brand reputation does on any account, because that's going to determine the caliber of clientele that you acquire and the price point that they're willing to pay and the amount that they refer you to other people. Yeah. And and I, for sure, like I said, I'll link the first interview because we got into more about what the live launch method is and how it works. I do know women who are doing so well, who've been through your program. And like you said, they're the first ones to say, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. So um, let's get into more about how somebody can kind of use this because I think really 
you know, there's all this build your newsletter list and, you know, but people aren't really talking about building a community and there's such an important distinction, right? Can I see you shaking your head? Yeah. So jump on yeah. in. Yeah, I find it very upsetting and disappointing that a lot of celebrity brands are still perpetuating the idea that if you just build your email list, that you're going to grow your business. Um, that's just not the case. And I'm not saying that an email list isn't valuable. Of course, we're always building our email list. We use our email list. We email our list. But that is not where the magic happens. The magic is not happening in an email. Okay. <laughs> like we just have to use our common sense for a quick moment. Um, not, not only are open rates plummeting day by day, while text message open rates are skyrocketing, um, but people are just spending less and less time in their email in general. And what they're craving is connection community, collaboration, and experiences. And so if you want to really grow your business, you have to skate to where the puck is going. You can't be stuck in 1980, you know, if if we're, we're here in, in 2021. And, you know, there's a lot of principles that worked in 1980 that I still use in my business today. Yeah. But email marketing is not the way of the future by any stretch of the means. And, and I, I, it disappoints me that that's still being taught as a core growth strategy because it, for the vast majority of people, it's just never going to happen if you think that's a primary mechanism to grow Okay. I love this. So actually talk to us about what are the strategies then? You know, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Clubhouse now, you know, there's LinkedIn. I see some people doubling down on certain platforms. I see other people trying to be everywhere. Sure. You know, what, yeah. what are your thoughts? What do you yeah. like? What's working for you? Yeah. So, so podcasting is always number one. That's why I'm here with you, right? Podcast, yeah. you know, has been my number one. So every week I produce my own new episodes and every week I go on other people's shows. Every week, unless I'm on vacation, if, it, if I am working, I am doing podcasting. Wow. So that is my number one. Number two is I would say pick one to two platforms that you're going to show up on consistently and really build community around. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's, there's, I always focus on being omnipresent, meaning my brand is on a lot of platforms. Yeah. I am not on a lot of platforms. So my marketing team will take my content, they'll splice it, dice it, repurpose it, push it out all over the place. Half these platforms, I don't even have a login to, right? It's creating brand awareness without yes. my mind. Yeah. And so I think that you really have to decide one, what platform do you enjoy interacting on and where do you yeah. like to play? And two, what can you do consistently and frequently? It is far better to pick one platform and show up there every single week and engage with people and create a community and create a dynamic and a conversation versus trying to be on six platforms, but you're only cycling through once a month or very inconsistently or you're very infrequently there because you can't gain any velocity, you can't gain any, any momentum that way. Yeah, this is so good. I liked that you use the word where you like to play. So... I am going to ask you this, and this is actually partially for me. I've never liked Facebook. I'm pretty clear my demographic is on Facebook. Um, you know, you use the analogy of, you know, you about the hockey puck, you know, you got to get a follow where it's going. You don't want to be going the opposite direction. So how do you reconcile that? You know, do you yeah. just do it and, you know, and 
serve? Because it's really about serving. Anyone who's in our business really is about serving. It is, you know, I'll share something very interesting. And this is just, you know, my perspective. Yeah. I, I don't use social media for personal use at all. Really. Me neither. Um, Me neither, Kelly. I don't either. I, I, and it's so interesting because I have a very robust online brand. Yeah. Um, I would not even be on social media if it were not for my business. 100% agree. Yeah. For me too. I'm relating. Yeah. Yeah. So when I am showing up on social media, I'm very much there with a very specific intention with a specific outcome in mind, right? I do my live launch on Facebook because Facebook groups are the most effective way to deliver them and to gain the conversions that we want. Am I a fan of Facebook? take it or leave it. Um, I think ultimately there'll be other platforms that will develop a group functionality and we'll move our live launches there. I actually see live launch ultimately moving to a text message only launch. We've actually done some beta on that already. And that's really where I see that going in the future. So I think there's two sides of it. On one side, it's like, if you're doing it for a business purpose, you might as well show up in the place that you feel like your audience is hanging out and, you know, you're going to the most ROI. Yes. Um, I do think that Instagram is a very strong alternative to Facebook. Um, I was one of the latest adopters on Instagram. I didn't get on it until I think like two years ago. Like I was the last person on Instagram. (laughs) Um, But it converts really well. It's a high performing platform. It's an easy to navigate platform. Yeah. You know, if, if Facebook, if you really just can't do the Facebook thing, which I get, some people are like, I just can't do it. I, then if, if, then the next best I would say would be Instagram. Yeah. I think it's a nice, it's a, I don't, there's something just aesthetically, it's just way more engaging and pleasing. Um, I know you've written a book. It's not out yet, but it's coming out called conviction marketing. Conviction is a very powerful word. It's an interesting choice that you chose. Talk to us about what conviction means to you and what you're hoping to accomplish with the book. I think it really goes back to the question that you asked me earlier about, you know, people identifying like their unique voice and being authentic to who they are. You know, I I think that in the online marketing world and, you know, you may not see yourself as an online marketer, but if you're an entrepreneur, you are in the online marketing world. Um, That includes every business owner who is trying to acquire clients online, you know, there needs to be a much deeper rooted set of beliefs that come through in how you build your brand in order to become category of one. And I get the question every day of the week, how do I acquire more affluent buyers? How do I get better caliber clients? How do I, you know, stand out in the market? And these three questions I get over and over again. And that's really, the book is helping people to understand, again, there is like a depth Mm. of anchoring in to who you actually are and what you truly believe versus doing what you think you're supposed to do or what you see other people doing. There's a difference between trying to grow your business from the outside in versus the inside out. And conviction marketing is about helping people to understand their true and authentic, deep-seated beliefs about what a better future can look like for their market and then stepping into that leadership role kind of with blinders on where you're you're operating off of intuition versus operating off of comparison and letting the influence of what's happening in your market guide you. And so I, I'm hoping that for these entrepreneurs that I get these questions from every day, 
you know, that that will really provide some clarity around yeah, that. That's great. Uh, do you want to share maybe like one of your favorite tips from the book? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, with conviction marketing, you know, there's three layers of getting your market to fall in love with you and to really believe that you're category of one. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's hope, there's how to, and there's conviction marketing. And most entrepreneurs get stuck in the how to marketing. They're giving the tips, they're talking about the strategies, they're, they're giving all the tactical things that the market is asking for. But it's very difficult to become category of one when you're teaching how to because you and 8 billion other people are teaching how to do that thing. Hope is the inspiration where people really understand your story. It's that, it's that marriage of empathy and authority that you, you know, achieve through storytelling. And then conviction is that layer above that. And in the book, I really teach how to show up in each of these three layers and how to bring them together to catapult your business to category of one. Yeah. You see them as all important, but the piece that's been missing is the conviction piece. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because we do need to inspire. We need to give all of the value like you talked about. So hand in hand, but it's like how to is the bottom foundation of the pyramid where you get started. The problem is you can't stop there. You have to climb that value ladder. And I'm really walking people through how to do that. Yeah. I'm just thinking, so with live launch, it's different than you could have a course that you're trying to write or program. It's just a system on how to actually make it yeah. successful and fill it. Absolutely. It could be a membership. It could be a course. It could be a group coaching program. You can use it to fill private high ticket consulting offers. It's literally just a methodology for taking prospects from cold to close in less than 10 days and be able to make sales in volume. Yeah. I just need to ask, you have a sales background. I've had, I can't tell you, I mean, between the seven, eight, nine, you know, multi-figure, multi, you know, making multi-million dollars with your businesses. It seems that there's a common factor that a lot of these, I would say 95% of the women so far have had a background in sales. Yeah. What do you say to the woman who's had a background in something else, but really is committed? The heart's there, but she needs the, you know, that confidence. We talked about the word confidence. How do you get yeah. that? Practice. I mean, it's the 10,000 hour rule. I had a conversation with my team, you know, just this morning about it. I mean, you need to practice your craft for four hours a day. So, you know, if you want to be the best podcaster in the world, be on four hours of podcast a day, you want to be the best salesperson in the world, you want to nail your offer, you need to be talking to prospects every single day, right? The problem is, is that people don't run the drills. And so, you know, that's why I teach launch cycling with the live launch, because if you're only launching something one time a year, of course, you're not any good at it. How could you be? You know, yeah. it, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Like you right. have to apply common sense to what you're doing. I don't think it's so much that to get to, you know, we're, we're an eight figure business. I, I don't believe we got there because I have a sales background. I think we got there because of tenacity and conviction, because anybody can learn sales. What you yeah. can't learn is the heart. Yes. Right? I do love what you just said, because actually um, I'm thinking even two of the most recent guests who have uh, one was Stacy Madison from Stacy's Chips, who just sold her, com- you know, not just who sold her company for $250 million. Her yeah. conviction is being bold or Kara Golden, who was on last week, who talked about being undaunted perseverance. Yeah. Like this is a consistent message, which I think is encouraging. It's like, it's a different yeah. mindset. Um, do you think women should be on podcasts or have a podcast? Because you said both for oh, you. 
I mean, both. Absolutely. I mean, my first, uh, you know, year and a half, I went on other people's shows. And then I was like, what am I doing? Why don't I have my own show? They really work together. Because what will happen is if you're going on other people's shows, that's how they'll discover you. And then your show is giving them a place to come back to follow along. And so they really go hand in hand. So, you know, I would say start from where you are with what you've got, but the ultimate goal should be to do both. Okay. And I'm going to ask now selfishly, how, why do you think your show has been so successful too? What is it that you feel like you're doing that is putting you in a category of one? Cause I know you're a top ranked podcast. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so first of all, consistency and frequency, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at over 600 episodes because my goal is to be the number one show in the marketing category. So my aspiration dictates my actions, if that makes sense. That's a tweetable right there. That's awesome. Say that again. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. aspirations I, dictate your actions. actions. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah. Yes. So very, very clear. Um, so that's number one. Number two is just, you know, always reinventing yourself right? I think people get bored with their show and then they lose enthusiasm. And, you know, we go through these cycles, especially when you're doing something over a period of years where you have periods of excitement, you have periods where you're like, I just don't want to do it. And that kind of shows through. And and when you're having that moment, it's like really asking yourself, how do I need to reinvent the show? How do I need to reinvent my excitement around the show? And I've gone through many, many of these renditions, um, whether it's variety, changing the guests that we're bringing on, changing the frequency, changing the length of the episode, changing the platform, whatever the case. Um, and, and just having a heart of service, you know, I think the, the best part about being an online entrepreneur is that the primary way that we sell is through serving. And I truly believe without a shadow of a doubt that so much of our success at the unstoppable entrepreneur is because we all have such a heart of service. Like we show up to serve, we over deliver for free and build raving fans and, and they convert into high paying customers. I actually love what, I mean, so so much of what you said. It's so good. So how important do you think a mentor or coach is for success? I think it's critical. I mean, I I always have not just one, but multiple coaches. I am constantly investing in coaching for my team. I think it's, it's stupid, actually, as a business owner to not invest in coaching because what you're doing is by not investing in coaching, you are spending more money on trial and error than you would if you had just hired the coach. Yeah. So anytime I want to integrate something new in the business, the first thing I do is hire a coach. Always. But you're looking for somebody who's achieved a certain level, I imagine, of where, like you use the word aspiration. I love that. So you go to somebody who's yeah. whose success is aspirational or at the next level, or you know, some they've done something that you want to do. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to vet. I mean, lots of people sign up for coaching with people that are not where they want to be and they ended up right back where they started. Right. Yeah. Or the coaches below where they are. They just are a coach. Right. They haven't done what they want to do. Exactly. And and so that's like personal responsibility. Um, But from a strategic standpoint, you know, my mentors have certainly had a huge impact on my success for sure. Love it. Um, Anything I didn't ask you that you want to leave the women listening with today? 
Now, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we're definitely in a season where, you know, people are spending more time online, they're spending more time consuming content. Um, They are really looking for unique experiences. So I really think about the way that you're delivering online and how that two way communication and community can be built because people are really craving that more than ever, especially because now they're not attending the number of live events that they once were and all of that. So it's definitely a great time to be an online business owner. I love it. Um, Where can I direct people to learn more about you and your work, Kelly? Yeah. Well, I would say definitely first and foremost, the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. So it's on iTunes, Apple, all the different places that you can listen to podcasts. That would be number one. And if you're interested in learning more about the live launch, you can join us in the tribe of Unstoppables. Awesome. Um, Always a pleasure to talk to you. And um, I look forward to reading your book when it comes out. Oh, where can people find your book? Yeah, if you want to sign up for the waitlist for the Conviction Marketing book, you can go to www.convictionmarketing.com. Great. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can do that right now on your phone. And please do consider leaving a rating and review if you have yet to do so on Apple Podcasts. It's actually how more women can find the show. And I really want to grow a community of women who are loving themselves and living full on. So thank you as always for tuning in. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.